Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, and this is day 2030 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you. We honor you among all others. Thank you, Lord, for seeing and knowing everything, for um, protecting us and keeping us safe from all harm and danger. I thank you, Lord, for being our sovereign father. Lord, all the hate and evil that's going on right now, especially in the wars in Ukraine and Israel right now and other places that may not even be broadcasted on the news. There's some in Africa and Haiti and all these places where this evil is breaking loose unlike ever before. Lord, we just put it in your hands and we thank you, Lord, for your peace and Lord, for uh, comforting the people, protecting the people. And uh, Lord, you said in the last days, these, these things will happen. So help us, Lord, to continue to press on and do what you called us to do, even in the midst of the storms. And I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is shutting people out because of their past. We really need to check ourselves. Uh, There will be some cases where God may say, I don't want you to hang around this person or that person, but literally shutting someone out because of something they've done in the past and and basically judging them and um, punishing them because of it in our own way. And most times it's unknowingly, you know, we can do those things. We're going to be coming out of Acts chapter 9, verses 19 through 31. Acts 9 verses 19 through 31. And it could be because of the harm that was perpetrated upon you by someone or through someone else. And maybe you don't trust people that uh, are like them. And and that can be that can be hard. And that's real. Uh, and I totally understand. Uh, but this is a situation with Paul. And I'm going to give you the back history a little bit before we get there. Paul was out um, harming believers, putting them in jail and killing them uh, because he was a firm believer uh, in um, the religion he was in, which was totally against Jesus Christ until he encountered Jesus while on the road to Damascus. And uh, God allowed him to lose sight for three days and he had nothing to eat or drink And God sent uh, one of his disciples, Ananias, to go and lay hands on him and pray for him so that he could see. And even Ananias was skeptical, like, hold on, Lord, I don't know about this man because he's out trying to kill us. Why would you? I don't know about going to him. But but yet and still, here's the thing about Ananias that we can learn, even in the midst of knowing that past history that he could kill him, he yet obeyed God 
knowing that his life could be at stake, but trusting God even more so, knowing that whatever happens is God's will and he wants to be obedient to God. So he did. And so I'm going to start at verse 15 instead of 19. It says, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And then it says that Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. And he said, brother Saul, you notice he called him brother. He he grabbed hold of what God said uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of those. I mean, from the inside out by calling him brother. Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit and without him infilling us. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength so he could see again. But now he's able to see through the lenses of Jesus Christ. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God from going against God to now preaching. Oh, yeah, Jesus is the son of God. At once, this took place. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Oh my gosh, this reminds me so much of what's going on in Israel right today. But even more barbaric and such havoc uh, that these people uh, are perpetrating up on uh, these is the precious Israelites. Uh, it is just unfathomable. But this is what was even going on then. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lured him in a a basket through an opening in the wall. So there was some people that, that took care of Saul, as he would later change to Paul, um, that kept him safe, even though they were the very people that he was going to kill. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. And I get it. I get that totally. I probably would have done the same thing. But God, oh, look at God. Looky here in verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him into the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Helionistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. Everybody's trying to kill him now, the very thing that he was doing to others. 
When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. He's winning souls to Christ. And then everybody, many of the people, I should say, are trying to kill him. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and in, and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. God will allow us that time of peace to strengthen ourselves, to get ready to go back out into this spiritual warfare that we're in. It is absolutely becoming more and more uh, horrific and critical, and we must stay strong in the Lord. You see how Barnabas was an advocate, though, for Paul. He stood in the gap. He was one that the disciples trusted, and God used him uh, very powerfully to bring them together and to help them to understand, yes, that was his past, but this is who he is now. Let's look at who he is now. Point number one, have you ever disliked someone because of what you heard about them or because um, others you trust didn't like them because of something maybe they had done to them and you stood firm on that decision because of your loyalty to your friend, your family or associate? It would be pretty horrific if that's how Jesus determined who could spend eternity with him. In the schools, uh, while being there for seven years and working with youth teaching conflict resolution and mediations, and one of the number one thing while doing mediations was people feeling alienated. People who used to be friends were no longer friends. And not only that, their new group of friends disliked them because of that friend not liking them anymore. I know it sounds like a tongue twister, but that is exactly what would happen. The majority of them of the mediations that were done, even with the boys, but more so with the girls. Oh my goodness. And it's real. It happens with us as adults. I mean, you know, I go through it. I've been through it. And uh, I am very cautious because I've been through it to not do it to others, you know, but I can't tell you in the past that I never did that. I know I did it. And I know that I might've You know, somebody might have told me something about somebody or what they did to them. And I would begin to judge them based upon that person's beliefs and what they had gone through and and keep my distance. I might have been kind to them, but shallow, you know. Uh, And so God showed me that about myself and dealt with my heart on that. And I had to shift that. I didn't have to, but I chose to obey God and do that. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, God God loves us that much, even though we've all been there and had that shady past. And we're all still working on it. God is, as long as there's breath in our body, we're all still transitioning. We're all still learning more and more about the Lord and growing in Him. I'm so grateful that the Lord doesn't determine our future based upon our past. He extends grace and mercy to us allowing us the opportunity to repent and get things right. That's how we should treat one another. Barnabas exemplifies this so well. He had every right to dislike Paul. And based upon Paul's, you know, or based upon the worldly values, he he had every right to do that. But but he he was uh, a child of the king. 
and and so are the others. Don't get me wrong, but we're all mature uh, or in other more areas or different areas, I would say, in our lives. So Barnabas was very mature in that. His his name meant encourager, and uh, he was always encouraging others and bringing people together. So he could have disliked Paul and kept him uh, to dislike. He had every right, I'm sorry, to dislike Paul and keep him out of the circle. Paul was, as I said before, locking up Christians and, and killing them. But instead of determining Paul's character based upon his past, Barnabas embraced him and advocated for him, standing in the gap, encouraging the disciples to let him into their group, just as Jesus does for us. Now that we're saved, we are in uh, the family of Christ. You know, we are now um, part of, uh, we're, we're priests and uh, of Jesus Christ now. We are sisters and brothers of Christ. Uh, we are like the Lord now. Uh, God is our father. He's always been our father, but now we recognize him as that and we yield to him as our ultimate as our father. Point number two, uh, it's time for us to be more like Barnabas, actually like Jesus, who Barnabas was emulating, truly trusting God rather than man as we open our hearts to those that uh, many people shut out and are not willing to give another chance, not willing to forgive as God has forgiven us. I dare us be that way to not forgive when we've been forgiven. It's like, hey, I got it, but I'm not going to share it with you, right? <laughs> that's the that's really the type of attitude we're taking when we don't want to extend that same forgiveness to others. Let God do the punishing and allow him to get the glory as you obey him and do the things, do things his way. And, and and I'm not taking away the pain, you know, that people may have in, incurred uh, because at the hands of someone that that you refused. And, and I'm not saying you uh, specifically, but I'm just saying in general, you know, I understand that you may have been hurt by that person. You may. Have, I'm not saying you got to hang out with them. I am saying we must release them uh, and forgive and releasing them by not holding them bondage through anger towards them because of what they had done in the past. And so when we release them, we're saying, God, you have your way. I'm taking my hands off of it and off of them and allowing you, Lord, to handle it. I'm no longer trying to do it because when we try to do it, God's going to take his hands off of it. God is saying, okay, you got this, you go for it. <laughs> but when we let it go, then God will deal with that. And he will give you peace, his peace that passes all understanding. I remember um, many years ago, um, you know, working with an organization called Connections to Success. And, and I'm grateful that God has reconnected us because, uh, yeah, we're going to do some, hopefully some partnership and, and I'll be doing some training with them and things like that. But um, yeah, many years ago, while working uh, at our bakery, we had our bakery at Crown Center, and we hired a gentleman through Connections to Success. 
and Connections to Success is an organization that helps people that may have committed crimes, may have been in prison, uh, things like that. And so they help them to transition from that life to uh, the real world, what's going on out here now through trainings, uh, through free clothing, through connections, through job placement, um, through, you know, uh, trauma uh, awareness uh, trainings, just lots of things like that. And they have a clothing pantry, uh, you know, a dress that was called Dress for Success. And and they, they do a lot for these men and women and helping them to get back on track, uh, letting go of that past, but equipping them with the tools that they need to do so. You know, uh, and so uh, we hired a gentleman through them and uh, it was, we hired more than one actually, but the last one that we hired uh, I'll never forget. He he was so good and uh, he did everything that we asked. He, you know, we wanted him to keep the kitchen clean and our kitchen was huge. And the while making bread, it's extremely messy on the tables, lots of flour and dough and scraping it off and cleaning it up really good after every, every time we get through doing the bread. And that's what he would do. And he did such a good job at it. And then he noticed uh, what we would use every day, the 50 pound bags of sugar and flour and how much we use to make uh, the product and getting our mixer ready. And, and our mixer was gigantic. I, you know, I would say it's as big as a house. The mixer was so huge. You couldn't even, it, it took a two people to lift it. And, and we had a dolly to wheel it out on and then to lock it into place under the mixer. It was so huge. And so he would get that mixer uh, ready, uh, the bowl out for us every morning. We didn't even ask him to do it. And the amount of flour and sugar and all of our baking utensils, it was like Christmas. We'd walk in and all those things were laid out for us. We're like, oh my gosh, Juan did this for us, you know, and he really wanted to learn how to bake and uh, how to bake the bread. And we were always sticklers about not showing anybody our secrets and how to bake that bread because in the cinnamon rolls, we wanted to keep it in our family line and only our children knew how to make it. And nieces and uh, they and, and even a couple of nephews learned how to make the bread. And so we decided we would go ahead and teach him after he really showed that he wanted to learn this. And he learned how to make it, and he did a very good job. There were a couple of hiccups along the way, but we worked them out. And uh, he learned how to make that bread. Uh, Later, after we decided not to renew our lease at Crown Center, uh, we knew it was time to move on after five years, and and business wasn't going so well financially. Uh, The name was very popular. Big Mama's Bakery (laughs) was extremely popular. The product was popular. We solidified a good product, and and we really uh, took pride in that. And uh, but anyway, uh, my sister and her husband at the time uh, decided to continue doing it, and they opened up on Bannister, ninety fifth Street, and they began making it there. And then later they divorced. And uh, my brother-in-law continued, and then Juan came along, and they began to do it together. And now Juan is still there making products. I don't know if he's doing all signature Big Mama products, but whatever he's doing there is called Big Mama's. And 
he recently, uh, he doesn't know that I know all these things, but he recently, I was just meeting with a lady there at Connections to Success and she was sharing with me all the good news and how they awarded him last year with, you know, being so successful in transitioning from his past to it, to really uh, embracing uh, who he is now and his future and his presence and being that baker. And also he was ordained as a deacon. I think it was a deacon or a minister, but you know, you never know what God is going to do through people that he allows you to, you know, encounter. Uh, I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to get to know Juan. And I'll tell you, I knew Juan and his dear wife, uh, Crystal, and God blessed me to conduct their marriage uh, because once he was working with us and they were living together and we would talk about the Lord all the time and he decided they decided they wanted to get married. <laughs> and so I had the privilege of marrying them and they're still married to this day. And I am just that was several years ago. And I am I am just grateful to God for the encounter and to not hold this young man's past against him uh, and to see how God allowed him to flourish as he yielded to God's will and obeyed him. It is such a beautiful story. It may not have started off that way. And that's what we have to understand. We are a work in progress and things will shift and change. And we must, we must do what God has called us to do and forgive and let go and let God. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's why we do what we do. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And join us tonight if you can for Life Talk. We'll be doing our over Zoom, our Bible study from 6.30 to 7.30. And the Zoom link is on the website. And also check us out on TeenZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing, teaching our youth about various life skills and entrepreneurship and workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, um, peer mediation, and human trafficking awareness, along with DIY, uh, minor household repairs, teaching them those wonderful things. And we're so grateful to each and every one of you uh, for all of your support and your donations and your prayers. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.